part of the reason that we're uh, spending some time on grace in, in this series. Uh, the idea of, is, is that all there is? That if, if grace is only about salvation, and that, that moment, if, if it's only about getting us to make some mental decision and go, okay, you know, God, I believe in Jesus, and then that's it, is that really all there is? And, and, and I mean, that's, a, that's something we've struggled with. Humanity has struggled with, I think, probably from, um, from the very beginning. <laughs> uh, and, and so w- what we're trying to do over the last uh, three weeks, and hopefully we'll kind of wrap up today, um, is, to, is to say that, that grace is greater than, than maybe what we thought. So I want to start off, uh, by the way, welcome uh, Alan uh, once again, um, and, and I'm, I've, got a, I've got to do I've got a couple housekeeping uh, things. Um, one of them is uh, apologies to Alan, because I got really sick this last week, and we were supposed to meet and like go over this and rehearse it and prep it and, and do our best for you, and then that did not happen, so... What you see is what you get this morning. So, so it'll, be fun. it'll be fun for us. Maybe it'll be fun for you uh, as well. Uh, the second thing I need to say is uh, after Easton's communion sermon, um, we, we probably have lost our uh, McDonald's sponsorship. Did, did we have one? So, well, no, but, uh, but if we were ever going to get one, it's, I think it's off the table. We're going to Spangles now. That's right. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how they, how they do it. I don't know. I don't know. Again, it's grace, Alan. You know Spangles serves um, margaritas from the drive-thru. I so I don't know. Does that count? Does that not count? It's a big questions. Spiritual questions. Important questions. We're going to answer for you uh, today. Or, yeah. And I was going to say, <laughs> as we get started, the one thing that, um, you know, what we both had contemplated about doing grace is that grace is basically God's part. Yeah. And I always want to know, God's going to do whatever he wants, obviously, you know, as we pray and so on. And we, in my opinion, we, we can't justify the gift that he's given to us through grace, his son, his love, and so on. Um, but I always want to know what's our part. You know, what, you yeah. know, if you're in a problem, you know, you're always like, well, if this person would have done this or this person would have done that, <laughs> and if they'd point the finger at themselves, what, what could you have done? What could you have done to make the situation better? Hmm. I think that's where we're at today. Now it's like, so what is our part? You know, what has God called us to do? The gift is free. We know that. Just like the first day when I brought Corey some cookies. You know, I brought him a gift and he didn't do anything. You know, he didn't have nothing back or anything like that. But that's what grace is. Now what in the scriptures does it say, so, so what are we to do as far as our Christian life? Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, I, some of you uh, guys and ladies have been through um, our discipleship uh, program here, and we've gone through a 16-week study of, of Mark, and that's basically what that study is. What did Jesus do? What are we supposed to do? Because if we're supposed to look more like Jesus every day, then, then that, that's different, right? Because I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I typically in my daily life when things happen, my initial gut reaction is not probably the same as Jesus initial gut reaction, right? Do you have that? Like you're, like you're going to respond in a certain way and then you have to go, okay, wait a minute. That's not how, how I should respond. And then we have to adjust that and we have to change it. And we have to come at it from a different um, perspective. 
But, that, but even that is, is God's grace to Absolutely. us, as we're going to see. Right. And, and, and I was going to say, it, it's got to come from within. I mean, the Holy Spirit leads us to do what we call, mm-hmm. we both have done recent sermons on loving God and loving your neighbor, which mm-hmm. to me are the two most important things. Mm-hmm. Basically, it kind of encompasses making disciples. If you're not making disciples, you are a disciple. And it's not just a one-day acceptance, I accept Christ in my life, but it's an ongoing process to become a disciple so you can make other disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's life. I mean, that's basically Christ in your life throughout your whole, until you, you take your last breath. And um, I always think, you know, and I always look at motivation, what motivates us. And I made a comment one time about exercise. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't like to exercise. I said, well, can I motivate you? So what if I said that I was going to give 100 bucks to go exercise at the Y? All of a sudden, people's hands go up. So I'm in. You know, I'll go, I'll go exercise for $100. Or the other side is the discipline side. What if I was like, well, I'm going to whoop you if you don't? <laughs> Uh, years ago, I got, I got to tell a quick story. My son, I told him, and it wasn't DJ, um, but it was Dallas, my other son. I told him to go up and get something in his room. Well, his room was a mess. And he went up there for about two minutes. Comes back down and said, Dad, I couldn't find it. Well, a two-minute look is basically opening the door and going, nope, it's not there. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll tell you what, son. I'm going to give you a whooping if I can go find it in five minutes. And he goes, no, no, Dad. Don't go, don't go up there yet. <laughs> Stay right there. I'll be right back. Guess what? He was to, willing to go look a little harder this time. And in three minutes, he came back down with whatever he was supposed to be looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes in our Christian walk, we've got to stay motivated. And the last thing is motivation sometimes run out, but that's where discipline takes, takes place. And I said that mm-hmm. in my sermon, mm-hmm. that we have to be disciplined as Christians to do our part. And that's hard sometimes in a world that could care less about Christianity sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think um, the other thing, by the way, Julie, none of this is in the notes, so good luck. Uh, one, one of the things I think we is... We didn't review, so we I didn't, That's right, out. that's right. This is just, uh, yeah, it's like a potluck uh, sermon okay. this morning. Um, one of the things that we struggle with, and I know you have dealt with this as, as well, is... Being a Christian and understanding faith and Christianity, it's difficult, right? It's, it's, not, it's not always just this easy thing. And, and so while we can say, like the video just a minute ago, we can go, yeah, if, if somebody comes to faith in Jesus on their deathbed, we, we would believe that, that the grace of God would cover that. And if that person came to a, if it was from the heart, right, with a, Scripture says that God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. So if someone makes a heart decision for Jesus on their deathbed, we, we hope that the grace of God receives them in, into eternity. Um, on the flip side of that, we go, well, if somebody accepts Jesus, like I, I accepted Jesus when I was eight years old. I think I was baptized when I was nine. Um, and I think I've so, said this before. A- Andrea had to take Trent home, but... Um, I, I was actually, it was years after uh, Andrew and I got married in 1990, uh, I, I found out that I was baptized on November 24th, 1980. I got married on November 24th, 1990. I had no idea, did not remember, I thought that was kind of cool. But somebody who accepts Jesus when they're young has a whole lifetime of, like the guy in the video, 
living for Jesus, trying to do the right thing and, and trying to have the right motivation. And there is this sense sometimes in faith where we go, why do I have to work so hard? Why can't I just accept Jesus at the last minute and, and confess my sins and then I'll get to go to heaven and I can live the, the way that I want to? And, and we've been talking about that, 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 is that. Is that really grace? And is that really all that there is to grace? And did Jesus really send his son to die a horrific death on the cross so that I could just do whatever I want to and then, and then kind of off the cuff accept Jesus right before I die and then expect him to let me into heaven. I also think that as a living as a Christian, um, that it's fun too. I mean, I think sometimes people think that, oh God, it's such a burden being a Christian. <laughs> all the rules that Easter yeah, was talking about. It's yeah. so hard and like that. By all means, I'm trying to do my best, but it doesn't mean that you can't have fun. Yeah. I was a youth minister and one of the rules that, that I think you ought to make as a youth minister, no kicking a soccer ball in the sanctuary. I mean, if that isn't one of your rules as, as a youth minister, that those are things that as a kid, Kyle, can you stand up a second? I'm going to make uh -oh. him stand up. Kyle kicked the soccer ball Kyle Ross, ball were you in, in my youth group? Did we have fun? We had a blast, didn't we? I mean, and I'm so proud of this guy because guess what? He's here and with his family. You know, I mean, those are some of the things that happen. Oh, you can sit back down. That'd be not bad. Um, but those are some I of the... I had a soccer ball. <laughs> yeah. And, and we smashed food and did all kinds of fun things because one of the things my youth minister taught is you can have fun being a Christian within the realm of Christianity. And I'm blessed by it. By all means, there's times that, you know, I struggle with a sin or, you know, the thorn or whatever it is. And, and those things happen in people's lives. And we got to be honest, um, as ministers, we're standing up here uh, and we're both hypocrites because we're preaching against sin. <laughs> but we're sinners. Mm -hmm. And any Christian's in the same mode. And that's what ends up happening a little bit. And what I kind of got caught up in is that I was more caught up in, in not sinning versus loving God and loving my neighbor. Mm. And yes, the sin is bad and I don't want it. And I, I work on that on a regular basis. Thus it says, you know, take up your cross daily and follow me. It's got to be a, 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 an ongoing process each day, you mm -hmm. know. And I know we both, we both have talked about that. And that's something that, so, so, so what is our part going forward, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. So our, our feeling um, is kind of coming into this series was that, that just in general, by the Christian community, we've kind of taken advantage of grace over the years. And, and not just us, but, but I think believers from the very beginning, like, like first century people, people who um, saw Jesus or heard Jesus, I think they took advantage of, of grace. And, and one of the reasons I say that is because if, if you look at 1 Peter 5, 12, um, we're going to have it up on the screen. It, it says this, I've written to you briefly encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God, so stand fast in it. And so if, if Peter has to, has to point this out and go, go look, this is true grace. There must have also been a false grace. There must have been a grace going around and being preached and being taught at the time that, that wasn't accurate, that, that didn't really tell the story of, of God's grace. And so what we want to do today is, is kind of look at that a little bit. 
And we're going we're gonna to wrap up with this um, idea. We've talked about how grace initiates our walk into, into faith. Unless, no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws them. And so grace initiates us into faith. Um, grace empowers us. That's what Alan talked about a couple weeks ago, that grace empowers our lives to, to live, to do the right thing when maybe we, we would choose the wrong thing to begin with. Um, and then today we're going to talk about how grace blesses us. Uh, and so we're going to look at a passage in Ephesians. But before we get there, let's take a look at what, um, what I think, so three things that I think are, are, are prevalent in um, the grace of today, what we might call a false, uh, a false grace. So um, real quickly, false grace, number one, is limited to salvation. So what we would say is, well, I'm, I'm saved by grace. And, and, and we'll, we'll go, like, like, I'll believe that. I'll fight for that. We are saved by grace. But I think we, we don't use it biblically. We use that as an excuse to do whatever we want to in our lives and then go, well, God's grace, the blood of Jesus that he bled after being tortured <laughs> nearly to death and then finally dying for me um, and in my place. Well, that blood covers me. And so God, you, you can't do anything, right? It's like, you can't punish me. Is that j- get out of jail? Yeah. And, free and call. along with that, which is true. I mean, it does, grace does, is involved with salvation. Absolutely. Um, but that's God's, I would say that's God's part. What is my part? Yeah, yeah. So, so false grace is, is limited to salvation. It's also passive in discipleship, and Alan mentioned discipleship already uh, a couple times. Discipleship is just li- live, looking more like Jesus, learning to, to live and to love like Jesus. That's discipleship. It's an everyday process that happens in our lives as we follow God, as we follow what his word says. I, I say it this way. If, if you walk in the ways of God, as laid out in the Bible, as, as uh, Easton talked about, if you walk in the ways of God, you will always be in the will of God. And, and I think so often as Christians, we're like, well, if I just knew the will of God for this instance or this situation, well, then I'd, everything would be okay. And we go, no. If you're walking in the ways of God, you're in the will of God, and you don't have to question it. You don't have to wonder. You just go, oh, I'm, I'm doing what God told me to do. I'm walking in his ways, and so I'm in his will. And so a false grace is passive in um, discipleship. And so what that means is we would say discipleship or learning to look more like Jesus every day isn't required. So, so we can go, um, I believe in Jesus. I'm free. I got my get out of sin free card. Um, and now I'm okay. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to try. I can sin. I can do whatever I want. And, and I've got my pass. And, and when I get to heaven, I just get to show my card and, and, and get in. So, so I got to ask a question. And no show of hands here, but haven't we all been at that stage sometimes in our life yeah. where the sin is outweighing our desire to not sin in the sense that we're, we're, we're okay as a Christian, we're going to let the grace mm-hmm. handle that. And it's usually like one or two areas, like I was bringing up the thorn of, of, of Paul's flesh, it's usually one or two areas that we really struggle with. And we go, yeah, but I'm good in all these other areas. This is the one that, that you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be slack on which is the one thing that you probably ought to work on the most. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing where we allow, you know, we say, oh, I'll just let grace take care of that, where that's the area that God wants to give you. And, and by all means, God is the strongest. And, you know, his power is, is when you're at your weakest. Mm-hmm. That's the time that you need to seek him the most, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, and we all have um, addiction. 
I, I think every, every one of us has addiction and it, and it manifests in our lives in different ways. Some of those are more visual than others. Some of those are more pervasive or, or um, more destructive or distracting to our lives. Um, but all of us are addicted to something. And, and I think just most people, whatever that thing is that, we're, that we just can't get rid of, that sin, I yeah. would say, that we keep going back to, or that vice that we feel like we need that, that really ultimately is taking the place of God in our lives, um, you know, most of us that we just have that thing, and but it's okay. We're functional in it, and and it's not it's not a problem. Right. I, I think. And I always consider it, we're all in a rehab, I mean, because that's yeah. that's the answer of whatever sin you have, whatever issue it is. It's it's all about rehab. So yeah. when everybody gets nervous, oh no, rehab. Well, everybody in some part of the life, once you have whatever it might be, then it's rehab after that the rest yeah. of your life. So yeah, yeah. So, false grace is limited to salvation, it's passive in discipleship, and finally, it's lenient when it comes to, to sin. And so, we've talked about that already. We treat grace like a get-out-of-sin-free card. And, and so, grace basically says, it's okay. Go on sinning. You're okay. You're going to make it. Don't, don't worry about it. And, and so, um, if false grace is limited, if it's passive, it's a, if it's lenient, and, and Peter says there's a true grace, then, then what does that true gate to grace look like? I haven't talked much all week, so forgive me. Uh, well, uh, un- unlike false grace, true grace is expansive. Um, and, and that true grace initially draws us into, into faith or into a relationship with Jesus. And then as we've talked about, it continues to empower our daily walk or our, our faith journey. And, and, and it's expansive from beginning before we, uh, when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, uh, before the foundations of the world, God called us uh, into faith. And so um, this idea that, that grace functions from before we come to faith and then through our faith, empowering us to live like Jesus, and then ultimately leads us into e- eternal life. So it covers every aspect of our lives, every part of the Christian faith um, from, from beginning to, to end is caught up um, in that. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, but by the grace of God, um, I am what I am. And, and his grace, this is Paul talking. Remember, Paul killed Christians because of their faith in Jesus uh, before he came to faith in Jesus. And so he says, by the grace of God, I, I am what I am. He says, I, my past is what he's talking about. And God's grace to me was not without effect. So his grace, as you were just talking about, it, it affected me. What's my part? This is what Paul's saying. He says, because of that grace, I worked harder than all the other disciples. And then he goes, yet not I, but it was really the grace of God working in me. And so grace is expansive into every area of, um, of our lives. You want to talk about the next one? Uh, being active? Yeah. Uh, in every aspect of our faith journey, God's grace is present. I better put my glasses on. You better put your glasses on. My wife on. says he's made me look studious, but I don't know what that means. So I know it's... <laughs> got stud in it so I think that's good um, prompting and empowering us to live out our faith and make present the kingdom of God um, yeah. the way the series basically came about because we both talked about I, I, I'd give him a hard time I was like you know I want to do a lesson on grace and he kept saying I oh, just wait just wait just wait 
six months later, we, we ended up doing this series. And so, yeah. uh, but we were both kind of being called, um, hey, let's, let's do a lesson on grace. You know, yeah. let's do something on that. And so, uh, Acts 4.33, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerful at work in them all. Um, and that's kind of the part that, that's starting to see how the apostles and what God's called us to do in our Christian walk. Um, even though I think God could do it by himself, he uses us as tools and examples uh, to lead people to the Lord. And um, I've always made that common. You know, people would rather see a sermon than hear a sermon mm-hmm. any day. You know? and, and I think that's part, if you, if you live that life, and share that gospel. And, and too many people, I think, as far as making disciples, are too scared to ever talk to somebody about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky when I was a, worked at the lake because I had inmates, and they were stuck in the truck with me. So somehow mm-hmm. we started talking about God somewhere down the line, and they couldn't leave. They, unless they, even if they jumped out the truck, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they were stuck with me. And so I was able to witness to a lot of them just because they were captive on audience. Mm-hmm. In your situation, they might not be as captive, but uh, in the same aspect, you have the ability to share the gospel. Um, I, I'm going to bring up one quick point analogy. Trey, you've got to stand up now. Uh-oh. So th- this guy worked, at, work, work, worked with me at the lake. And uh, we got a discussion one time about things out there. You remember this, don't you? That we were talking about, and he made a comment, well, sometimes I feel like there's a presence out there. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, that's what I call God. And at that time, he was pretty atheistic, you know, like, I don't know about all this. And he said, i got to be careful what I say around you. <laughs> uh, that was his comment, i got to be careful what I say yeah. around you. I said, that presence is what I consider God. Mm. You can sit down now, sorry. Um, and I was like, and since that, um, even come from, you know, somebody that's not knowing about God, we were able to develop a relationship in the sense that, oh, that could be God the presence that's out there. I, I can't believe in this world that people can't believe there's a God. I really can't. It, I mean, that's where my first evangelism, when I, I talked to somebody is, out of all the things out there, I mean, have you stood on the mountaintops of Colorado or, or been at the ocean that this was just happened to come about? <laughs> or look at our human body that this just happened to, <laughs> to, to, to aggress into something amazing as it is? God had a part in that. And that's a great way to start. There is a presence out there that mm-hmm. God started this, whatever it might be. And, I, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk to him someday in that and, and, and so on. But that's a great way to, to start discipling, mm-hmm. you know, as far as there's a presence out there. Yeah, know. yeah. Um, so true grace is expansive, it's active, it's also obedient. So God's grace doesn't give us the freedom to sin without consequence. It does give us the faith to stand with conviction. And, and so I think we need to shift the way that we think about God's grace, not that it simply gives us an excuse to do whatever we want, but that God's grace gives us the power to live and to look more like, like Jesus. Um, here's what Paul says in Romans chapter six, for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but you are under grace, which which, right, that's the party, right? Hey, I'm under grace. I'm not under the law anymore. I can do what I want. I don't have to follow the rules. He says, that's, that's not the way it goes. Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, 
which leads to righteousness. And so, and so Paul is saying, look, um, you, you just pointed this out. The way that you live and the way that we look, are we looking more like Jesus or are we looking more like the world? And, 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 and Paul says, you're a slave to whatever you obey. And, and so if you're not following God, if, if you're not walking in his ways, if you're not striving to look more like Jesus, and let me tell you, that is an up and down. It's, it's not a direct line um, to Jesus. Uh, we, we fail, fail all the time and fall short. And, and so it's up and down. It's back and forth. It's getting lost and having to get back on the right path. But over time, say it's, it, God's not as concerned with perfection as he is with progress. We're making progress on, on that. We're slaves to whatever we're obedient to. So if I look at my life and I'm like, look, I'm obedient to sin. And, and I'm really just letting sin kind of overpower and take over my life. And I just do whatever sin kind of leads me to do and whatever evil kind of leads me to do. Paul says, well, I'm, you're a slave to that. And, and you're going to be a slave to one or the other. And so you got to choose and so I'm kind of out of that, and this is where we get to this point. We, we need a way to talk about grace um, where we can understand it. And, and we can go, when, when the word grace comes up in Scripture, we can go, this is what it is. This is what it's talking about. And so here's our um, real life's definition of grace. Grace is God's comprehensive good work in our lives. Everything that God does from beginning to end, that's a good work that he does in us is, is part of, of grace. It's initiating, um, empowering, and endowing us through the Holy Spirit's activity with everything we need to look more like Jesus. That's grace. So as you're reading through your Bible, you're doing daily Bible readings, or you get a daily verse, or whatever it is, however you connect with God's word, when the idea of grace comes up, or you read that word, if nothing else, just think, grace is God's comprehensive good work in my life. This is God's grace to me. Comprehensive good work in my life. So it's God's grace that initially draws us to faith in Jesus. And so without God initiating that call to us, um, the, what, what Trey was talking about, I feel like there's something out there, um, that there's, there's, some, there's something that is more real than what I can uh, just see or, or feel. That there's something beyond ourselves. And if God doesn't draw us to Jesus through those feelings, then we could never come to faith in Jesus to, to begin with. And so um, sometimes we say it like this, like there's a God-sized hole in all of us. And the only way to fill that is, is God. I'm like, that's, that's God drawing you in, in whatever form that takes, whatever that um, looks like. And so God's grace draws us in. God's grace empowers us daily to live the life of faith where we live out kingdom principles, stuff that Easton was talking about in our lives, where we point others to, to Jesus um, as God's grace draws them. So we become little Jesuses or ambassadors of Jesus, uh, drawing other people to him. And then it's God's grace that endows us with every spiritual blessing in King Jesus, both in this life and in the life to come, when, when heaven and humanity are brought into perfect unity uh, once again. And, and that's um, kind of what we wanted to talk about um, for the rest of our uh, three or four minutes. So you're saying it's more than just saying we're Christians, but it's actually acting like a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people that say they're Christian because they're not a Buddhist, Muslim, yeah. whatever else it is. Or they're, or they're American, right? Oh, yeah. well, if I'm American, I'm a Christian. Yeah. 
So I know there's a lot of people that say that, and then I'm going, hmm, and I always make that comment, is Christ evident in the way you live your life? Yeah. If somebody came up to you, uh, I, I've asked people, did you guys know I'm an ordained minister? And it always makes me proud when they say, yeah, it didn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to live the life that I need to. Not, not that I don't make mistakes along the we way. We have different experiences because what normally happens with me is I meet somebody new. You know, I'm getting a tattoo or getting my ears pierced or something. Yeah. And, and eventually so what, in the conversation, the, the person goes, oh, what do you do? Uh, and then I go, oh, I'm a preacher. And they go, and they stop, whatever. They, oh. And then they go, well, I'm sorry that I said those things I said. And that's I go, happened to me when I was a youth minister. I yeah. go up to eat lunch, and all of a sudden a kid would come down and start making some comments. And then all of a sudden, oh, this is our youth minister, and they'd get up and leave. Yeah. Well, I don't want them to get up and leave because <laughs> of some things that they said, you know. So that's, I'm mean, like, yeah. yeah, I don't like what you said, but hey, you know, that's life, you know. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I, go, I go, well, you, I'm the preacher of real life, so. Yeah, I've it's kind it. of funny. Because I've heard it before. This, this will be, you know, the last time. I don't know, maybe it'll happen again between Superman and ZZ Top. You know, we're up here talking. So, uh, I'll tell you, I was sick all week. I almost <laughs> shaved it off and, and went with a little. Well, when you guys see about I'm, this, I'm, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting close. Uh, anyway, man, it's eleven o'clock already. I know. Can I we, sp- we can speak at least five more minutes. I don't think we're going to get to all of. All we're of not going to get to all of us. No, no. Um, I, I will bring up one Go one ahead. part as we're. Um, years ago, in one of my classes, uh, I had a teacher named Doc, Dr. Warren, and he was so advanced that I half the time didn't understand what he was talking about because he used huge words. Uh, I was told him he needed a dictionary just for his class. But he made a comment that he, he, made, he summed up our Christian walk as a horizontal, vertical, interpersonal relationship with the Lord. And so I'm kind of like, well, what exactly does that mean? You know? And he says, our relationship is between God and you know, an ongoing process that is a personal, he says interpersonal, between you and God, that once that happens, it happens the other direction, where we share that with other people. And I think that basically is what, as we're kind of getting to, is our role between, as I develop my relationship between me and God, how does it stretch out in the world? Mm -hmm. And I think it's different for everybody. I don't think each one of us, in a Corey's called to be a full-time minister. Right now, I, I work at the lake. Um, uh, I, I'm still called to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm still called to do my role wherever I'm at. And I think that that's something that we don't just come to church on Sunday and say, okay, I did my part. I paid my amends. I mm-hmm. did whatever I had to do. No, this is just a part to, to encourage you to go out and share the gospel to, to live more like Christ. Yeah. And I think that's something yeah. that, you know, that... that that we are trying to do, you know, really, yeah. really honestly. But yeah, and I, and I think if you, if, if you look like Jesus only on Sunday, that, then, then you, you're probably buying into a cheap or a false grace, right? Like, well, Jesus went to the cross, so I'm okay. And I can do what I want. Um, and, and that's difficult. I actually preached a message um, several years ago and, 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 and said what you said, but I said it like this. That we're told to love God and love others. And the way that God receives our love towards him, so if I want to show my love to God, then God says I need to love those people around me. If I love those people around me, then I'm walking in the ways of God, so I'm showing my love to God. Um, by that. And, and so um, that kind of just puts a little different spin on it. And, 
And so if I'm not loving the people around me, then God isn't receiving my love for him. And so when I, when I go, I mean, look, look there's so many scriptures um, that, that talk about, okay, forgive and you'll be forgiven. And, and there's a passage, I don't remember where it is, maybe you do, um, which says that if you don't forgive, your heavenly father is not going to forgive you. Uh, it's in the Bible. Thank you. Uh, but have you thought about that? If I don't forgive somebody for something they did to me, God's not going to forgive me for the things that I've done towards God. That will shake you in, in your faith. Like, oh, man. Along with pointing out everybody else's thorn and not looking at the mirror of your yeah. own thorn. Yeah. If people would start with that, uh, it's amazing how much further you could get as far as, you know, talking bad about other people and this and that. I said the hardest part for us with our own thorns is that um, we all have egos. Mm-hmm. And we don't like everybody knowing what our thorn is. Mm-hmm. And I've had people share their thorns with me, and I swallowed my pride and just, okay, you know. Of course, I'm a counselor, so I can do that, but I didn't share my thorn with them. And uh, because I have a certain amount of pride, I think we need to be very careful about that, that we're better than everybody else, because that's what the other world, that's what the world is saying about us, is that, guess what? Well, Christians are all high and mighty, and they're better yeah. than everybody else. No, we're not. If we think this is a country club, it's not. I mean, this is a great church for that. We come together as sinners and, and are trying to become better Christians and then mm-hmm. trying to walk a better life uh, with, with, you know, as Jesus as an example. I mean, that's, yeah. that's it, you know. Yeah. So. Okay, let me get you to two to things okay. in, in Ephesians, basically verse 3 and then verse okay. um, 14. Yeah, we go. Uh, so we'll I'll encourage you to sometime today go to Ephesians and read chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. But he's, he starts out like this, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, the King, or Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in King Jesus. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. Grace endows us with every spiritual blessing. It's God who blesses us with everything that we need. And so if there's a blessing in your life, you get it um, from God. And he does that through Jesus, the King, and so we are heirs with him. Uh, as you read on through that, uh, it talks about how we're adopted in, into the king's family. And we're not just made heirs with Jesus, but we're given the status of the king, which is, which is incredible that in our sinfulness and our fallenness, we could be adopted by God's grace and not just adopted to be able to say, hey, I'm a part of the family, but that, but that we get the same blessings and the same result as the king does. Eternity and uh, this incredible. And, and then in verse, um, where did I go? Verse, uh, verse 13 or 14. You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of God's glory. If you read that passage of scripture, verses three to 14, Ephesians chapter one, you'll see that over and over and over, it talks about this is what God does God's grace and God gives this and God adopts and God forgives and God redeems and God gives you the Holy Spirit. and God, I mean, it's just God, 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 all the way through that until the very end 
And you know what our part? Alan started off saying, what's our part? What part do we play in this relationship with God? It's, it's right here in verse 13. You were included in Christ, in the king and in the kingdom, when you, the first time the word you is used here, when you heard the message of truth and when you believed. So what is our part? In, in, in fact, it's to hear. And, and not just to hear, Scripture gives us the idea that we, when we hear, we're also going to understand and follow through with what we hear. And, and so we go, how, how can I get heaven? Like, the, I cannot work. I cannot earn heaven because nothing I can do will get me to the gate of heaven, which, by the way, in Scripture is always open, which is cool. Um, nothing will get me to heaven where I go, God, you have to let me in because if you start that conversation that way, let me tell you, you're not getting in because there's nothing you can do to earn salvation because it's by grace, because God initiates us when he draws us to his son and gives us the ability even to believe in Jesus is, is amazing. And, and then he empowers our lives. And as we're able to look like Jesus, that comes from God. And the Holy Spirit's work in our lives to, to put aside the things of the flesh, to be renewed in our mind, and then to put on the things of God or the spiritual things. And then the blessings that we receive over and over and over in our lives as, as we just follow God. And he continues to bless us even when we blow it. I do, that's a good bottom line. He blesses us even when we... Uh, even when we blow it. So, so we know we're going to stand before the Lord someday. And, and the video is, I guess it's an office now. I didn't know it was an <laughs> office, but uh, it could be an office. We're going to stand there, and God's going to say, why should I let you enter my kingdom of the Lord? Why, why should I let you enter heaven? Mm -hmm. And if we say anything that we've done, it, I'm like, he's going to laugh at us. Yeah. The only reason is because of his son. I mean, I'm going to stand and say, because your son died on the cross for my sins, mm -hmm. because... This place is perfect, and I'm not. The only thing that made me perfect is your son dying on the cross for my sins, and the grace you showed for me to, to you know, to all the, the, the gifts that you've given me, and I love you, and I, I did my best I can. That's all I can say, mm -hmm. but the only reason I'm getting there is because of your son. Yeah. Okay, let me wrap up this way. Grace is greater than we imagine or we deserve. And, and, and really, that's kind of what we hope you walk away with today. Uh, grace is, is bigger than just this moment of salvation. It encompasses everything in our spiritual walk. It's expansive, it's active, it's obedient in our lives as we follow him. Uh, and finally, grace is never an excuse for disobedience. It's only and ever God's power for obedience. Um, and, and that's what he's calling us to, to look more like Jesus every day, to live that out so that others see it, and, and so that through us, the grace of God can draw others uh, into a relationship with Jesus. Um, hey, thanks, Alan, for helping me out with this. Thank you. Over the last month, I've, I've had a good time, um, and, and based on things I've heard, they've enjoyed it, no, too. That's good. So, that's good. Uh, that's good. Hey, um, let, let me pray for us, and then I'm going to give you really quickly what's happened in the next few weeks, um, and, then, and then we'll get out of here, okay? God, thanks for this day. Thank you for your love. And most especially today, we thank you for your grace. A grace that, that didn't just leave us in the gutter. 
a grace that didn't turn its back on us when we continue to sin and we continue to give in to temptation and we continue to turn our back on you, but a grace that continues, that, that drew us to faith in your son Jesus and then continues to draw us, continues not only to put up with us, but to call us and to expect greater things from us. And so God, forgive us when we have when we've turned your grace into just an excuse to sin and, and help us to, to really learn to live and to love like your son Jesus um, and, and to be people of grace, to extend to others the same grace that you have extended to us. Um, that's how we can forgive all of those times, 70 times seven. That's how we can love the unlovely. That's, it's, it's through your grace that we're able to, to say no to the temptation, addiction, and, and turn to you. It's, it's through your grace that we have the hope of eternal life when, when Jesus brings everything back into to unity. And, and so God, just um, help us to walk in your grace every day in, in the good work that you do in our lives from beginning to end. Um, and, and then we'll just thank you at the end for using us to lead others to, to your son as well. Um, and so thank you, God. Be with us this week as we walk in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, uh, um, all right, so Mother's Day, just a heads up, Mother's Day is in two weeks. Uh, from today, May, May 8th, I believe it is. And so, um, like always, we're, we're going to have uh, special things. We're having a bagel bar this year. Um, and uh, I think there'll be fruit and things. We'll have the selfie station, that kind of thing. So bring your, bring your mom um, to church on that Sunday. Or come with your mom. That, that would be nice, too. Um, and uh, next Sunday, we're going to kick off our new series called I Love My Church. And, um, and so this is part of our 15 year um, anniversary. We're gonna celebrate that on um, May 22nd with a big blowout. And, and so hopefully plan to be here um, all morning. And then part of the afternoon, we're gonna have a big cookout. We're gonna have games and activities outside uh, for kids and adults. I, I, we're gonna try and get a boxing station or sumo station. So I, I can't participate. Oh yeah, <laughs> lucky you. Uh, so anyway, uh, it will be really fun. We're gonna have a lot, we're gonna be giving away stuff um, ev every week. And uh, one of the things we're working on is um, t-shirts. And so we, we plan to have a t-shirt for um, pretty much everybody that, that wants one. Um, and it just has, it says, I love my church on it. And uh, here's what you can do for me. Um, we would like to compile over the next month uh, some short videos that we can play uh, on Sunday morning of reasons that you love your church. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping and assuming that maybe you love your church for some reason. Uh, I, know, I know what Adam's are gonna be. Uh, he loves the music here at Real Life, so. And the greeter. Right. <laughs> and the greeter, yeah. Uh, so um, if you want to use your phone, and just take a short video uh, telling us why you love your church, then um, you can get that to me, text it to me, email it to me. 
uh, Facebook message it to me. However, you can get, we'll get those, we'll compile those, and then we'll use those on Sunday. And I, and I think maybe next week we'll even have maybe a station set up where we can take those videos for you if you want to stop in there. Um, and we'll do that. But appreciate that. We'll use that um, over the next month in, in, the, in the series. So, uh, hey, thanks for being here. Love you. Uh, pray the grace of God goes with you. Oh, and, and listen, hey, if, if, you, uh, if, if you have a reason to pray or you want to pray um, with some others, um, T. Dre, probably some other folks are going to gather in the back and, and they just want to pray uh, with you, pray for you. Uh, and so it, um, just go back there after service if you want to participate in that. Um, appreciate that. Thanks for doing that, guys. And we'll see you next Sunday as we kick off I Love My Church.